Welcome to Independence for America with your host, Mike Cantwell. All right. Another episode of Independence for America. I'd like to welcome Jason Grin to Independence for America podcast. Jason served as an independent member of the Alaska House of Representatives for the 22nd District. He beat incumbent Republican Liz Vasquez in 2016 and was narrowly defeated by Republican Sarah Rasmussen in 2018. In 2019, Jason became the executive director of Alaskans for Better Elections, a group advocating for reforms like nonpartisan primaries and ranked choice voting. These reforms were passed in November 2020, and Alaskans for Better Elections converted into a voter education group. Jason, welcome to Independence for America. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right, Jason, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, you know, where'd you grow up and, and where do you live now? Yes, yeah, so I'm uh, born and raised Alaskan, uh, fourth generation Alaskan uh, there in Anchorage and uh, where I got to serve, actually. So where I went to high school in Anchorage, uh, I actually got to serve as my state rep, which was a really big honor. But uh, grew up in a, you know, kind of a normal uh, conservative household, uh, lower middle class, uh, just, you know, politics wasn't uh uh, really a big issue in our house. But uh, as I got into high school, my dad started working in, in politics more and I started learning more about it. Uh, I was a registered Republican uh, until I, I uh, uh, changed to be an independent when I ran uh, ran for office. But um, uh, I've got a wife. I've been married for about uh, almost 20 years now. I've got three kids who are all in elementary school. And uh, for, for some uh, personal reasons, I'm actually now living uh, just north of Seattle in Washington, uh, taking care of some family uh, family stuff now, but, um, uh, still miss home, still call Alaska my home, but, uh, here in Washington now. All right. Well, let's think back to 2016. Uh, take me through uh, your decision-making process to, um, run for office in 2016. Yeah. You know, the, the political environment in Alaska, um, was from, from a public standpoint, there was a lot of just uh, partisan bickering, finger pointing and Alaska at that time and still is actually uh, just in a, uh, a huge fiscal mess, uh, running billion dollar deficits. Uh, nothing could get done because no one wanted to take the, the tough votes or, or really kind of go towards uh, some solutions. You know, everyone's focused on their reelection. And uh, I was just a neighborhood guy, uh, you know, like I said, born and raised in Anchorage, but really concerned about the quality of life for my neighbors and my kids who were entering school age at that time. And the, uh, the incumbent in my district um, was someone who, you know, really was, you know, a, a politician who thinks, you know, that they get to stay in that seat for as long as they want. Um, they, it's a Republican leaning district. She was a Republican, but uh, dozens and hundreds of emails would go unanswered. Uh, she wouldn't show up for a, a constituent events. Uh, she would miss dozens of votes on the House floor. And for someone like me who, you know, again, just kind of wanted something to be done uh, that would kind of put Alaska back on track. Uh, you know, I, I, I started talking to my neighbors about trying to get someone to run against her, uh, you know, what that would look like. You know, I had a job, a mortgage, kids. I wasn't going to be the person who could run. Um, and uh, the deadline day to sign up uh, to, to run for office, uh, about a half an hour before the deadline, you know, I'd had some conversations with my wife and friends and no one, you know, she was running unopposed, which, you know, for people who love democracy, that's just like the worst thing, you know, getting these guys a free pass, especially when you don't think they're doing a good job. And uh, so half hour before the deadline, uh, signed up, went back to my office. I had to quit my job because they wouldn't allow me to run and um, and, and work at the same time. So I uh, took the leap. 
Um, and, and switched to an independent running at that time, one, because of some of the structure at that time in Alaska, you know, really it was going to be uh, tough sledding to run against a Republican uh, in a Republican district, you know, as another fellow Republican. Uh, but truthfully, you know, no one cares about your party affiliation until you run for office is what I found out. You know, no one asked me what party I was. And I found myself to be kind of a centrist, you know, type of person, some fiscal issues, conservative, some social issues, more progressive. And so um, I never had thought about changing my party registration until I ran for office and then understanding the structure and how hard it was, uh, you know, uh, good and bad and, and uh, some advantages and disadvantages, but, but switched to becoming independent really in, in a way that said, I get to have conversations with my neighbors. It's more true to who I am just being a nonpartisan independent uh, voter. And I want to have have conversations with voters and have, you know, if I ended up winning, being able to act independently and not really have to think about a party platform, because even at that time, as a registered Republican, I wasn't a, you know, a party guy or, uh, you know, sworn to the party platform. I really was kind of a, you know, what I thought, like, like many Alaskans, if kind of a free thinker and, um, and just wanted to to run for office and, and have it reflect who I was and my values. So tell us uh, some of the you know nuts and bolts. So you know, did you get a campaign manager? Uh, you know, raising money and uh, were you surprised that you won in 2016? Yeah, you know, um, the first few weeks <laughs> I didn't really know much of what to do. Um, no money, you know. I, I my uh, you know I'm not independently wealthy or anything. I worked in the nonprofit sector, um, and like I said, I had three kids. That's where most of my money went. Um, uh, you know, so I couldn't just dump you know tens of thousand dollars of my own money into into a, into a campaign. Um, and all I had was an Excel spreadsheet with the voter you know registration guide from our division of elections. I didn't have the fancy apps that the parties have access to or uh, voter information and intel about who to knock and who's the super voters and everything. Um, I. I had a binder with voters and their address and their party affiliation. And I, I literally knocked on every door in my neighborhood, about 8,000 doors um, twice in a summer, wow. every day after work, uh, I would go out. Um, I was still keeping my job as they found a replacement for me, but after work, I'd have some dinner and I'd go out door knocking for three hours every day, Monday through Friday, well, Saturday. Saturdays there's a lot six. of hours of daylight in Alaska in the summertime, right? <laughs> in, in the summertime, you, you can, you can be okay knocking on a door in Alaska <laughs> until 839. 30. Yeah. Um, and so definitely an advantage that you have to take advantage of uh, in Alaska. But um, I just, you know, was knocking on doors and it didn't matter if, if they because I, you know, I couldn't afford not to talk to every voter, um, you know, running in a three way race. Um, you know, really, for me, it was that that difference. What really was the difference maker was those conversations you would have with one time, two times, three times with a person. Um, and you find that common ground because they have to ask you questions. They can't assume you are going to vote a certain way and you don't assume that they're a certain way just because they have a letter next to their name. And Alaska, you know, is a pretty, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, very independent state, about 60 plus percent of the voters in Alaska don't belong to one of the two major parties parties. Um, and those that do, uh, you can kind of be a little squishy. You know, you have de Democrats who are very strong proponents of, of gun rights. Uh, and then you have Republicans who are, uh, you know, very, very uh, interested in pro-choice issues uh, because, you know, the, the what the Constitution allows for Alaska. So you do have to have those conversations. You can't assume to everyone. So when I knocked on doors, people would ask, you know, what's an independent? And you got to have that conversation. You really got to explain yourself mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, oh, you're an R or a D and I know you're not for me. And um, uh, so, and, uh, we, you know, eventually I was able to raise money and really kind of show myself to be a serious candidate. You know, I think the hardest thing for independence is how do you convince someone that 
you're not just a wasted vote. You're not just a third party spoiler that you actually have a chance to, to, to win. And I want to use my vote for someone who, who has a chance of winning. I want to so, show support to someone who I can uh, uh, be proud of and, and send to your state capital. Um, so we were able to, you know, start raising money and start getting the attention of a lot of people and was able to get a campaign team and lots of volunteers and things like that. And a real legitimate campaign towards the end. Um, it was a Republican leaning district with a Republican incumbent the same year that President Trump won. Uh, so were we surprised that we won? Uh, yes, uh, in some ways. Um, but there was other times I, you know, the incumbent was so disengaged right. the, the incumbent it was not knocking on doors. The, mm-hmm. the incumbent was not fundraising. It was kind of, well, I'm the Republican in the Republican district. I'm going to win. Why would I work hard and do all these things? Right. And we just kept climbing the mountain, climbing the mountain. And so there's some days I thought we should have won by more. Mm-hmm. Like we were working harder. We were the better candidate. We, you know, we were talking about the issues, doing the hard work. Uh, but you know, as politics is, it's, you know, the voter makeup is the voter makeup. And sometimes it's just real tough sledding. I mean, uh, that's especially as an independent. Um, so we, we were surprised we won. We ended up winning, I think by three or 4%, um, you know, six, 700 votes, something like that. And I think again, it was that knocking on doors is having face-to-face conversations. Again, I lived in a big city, kind of the neighborhood. You could knock on doors. You could kind of get to know your neighbors. You run into them to, to the parks, the schools, the, the, the you know, your, your grocery stores and stuff. So, um, but, but just being a person wanting to talk, wanting to work hard, um, especially in juxtaposition to the incumbent. Um, that's how we painted ourselves as the kind of the neighborhood guy who's just going to work hard and listen. And that's all I think voters at that time were, were ready for that change. All right. So, so you, you get sworn in, you start, um, you go to the, uh, the state house in Juneau, which is a whole nother story of like, you know, getting to the state house in Juneau is, is not easy. Right. Um, and then, uh, you're on committees, you're, you're doing the work of, of a state rep. Um, uh, tell, tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, some of that work in, in the state house and also maybe even working with, uh, governor Walker, things like that. Yeah, so uh, the state house um, and the state senate in Alaska are, are, are small. In fact, I think they're smallest in the nation. We have forty state house members and twenty state senators, and so you get to know your your uh, your fellow colleagues pretty close, and you know you know you, you can meet with them and meet with all of them and get to know them very well. Um, so I was able to join a, a bipartisan kind of tripartisan coalition to take over the majority of the state house. It was a, a, a majority of Democrats, but also Republicans and other independents who joined up to create the uh, the majority in the state house when I was serving. And so I sat on the finance committee um, and as a freshman, uh, that's not a committee they give to freshmen often, but um, you know, the number one reason I was running was because of the fiscal issues. You know, I wasn't there for personal legislation or to help my brand or, you know, my background as a lawyer, I wanted to change, you know, being the judiciary committees or anything like that. I wanted to help be in, you know, part of the process to, to, to worry about our, our fiscal mess. So I was on the finance committee, um, you know, everything that has a budget or has a fiscal note to it. You saw every piece of legislation, but you also worked on trying to fill this budget deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alaska has no state income tax. We have no state sales tax. Uh, we give out a, a check every year from our oil dividends to every person. So there's a lot of kind of, you know, screwy things up here that, you know, we have some levers to pull and we want to, you know, but those are hard votes to say more taxes or things like that. But again, I, I, I use a line that governor Walker used uh, a fellow independent who I, when he was, uh, he was governor when I was there. And, and he always said to me and, and out loud to, uh, to people was, you know, he was there to do the job, not to keep the job. Right. And that was my mentality too. It was like, I'm not, you know, 
I'm not running to be Mr. Popular or to kind of, you know, have this 10 year career. We need people who are willing to do the job to get Alaska back on track. And that really was the mentality. And so, um, but uh, you know, again, my mentality was we're going to go, you know, work on the fiscal stuff and I'm going to be the most transparent, communicative, uh, you know, constituent relations person in this building, Mm -hmm. you know, handwritten notes, nonstop uh, talking about my, why I voted certain ways on bills on Facebook, not just saying I voted yes, but here's why, here's the justification. Facebook didn't have you know, every party leadership telling you what you should vote for, right? No, I, I didn't have any any party, uh, you know, uh, gatekeeper or saying, hey, you need to vote this way or you need to, you know, mind your P's and Q's and, you know, calm down or, or uh, you know, if, I, I, but I also would have people come into my office who said, hey, last time we ran ads against you, vote this way and we won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got this front row seat, kind of a, you know, a naive guy running for office, trying to fix stuff. You, you really kind of get behind the curtain. You can see, um, you know, what the parties will do um, when when you're running as an independent, especially because, you know, it's, it's not good for them um, because uh, people start thinking for themselves or start thinking that they can um, vote a certain way that that uh, doesn't help the base or doesn't help their fundraising out. Um, it, it kind of scares them a little bit. But, um, you know, the work the work that I had, you know. I talked to my other fellow people who were party, uh, you know, who were part of a party who say, Hey, that's a great bill, or I'd love to vote that way, but I can't. Right. I mean, you, you, it's kind of cliche when you go, Oh, people don't act that way. And I'm telling you, they do. There, there's people who really say, I can't vote that way. The party will just, you know, drag me behind the, you know, the, the woodshed if I do it this way, or I don't want to lose my closed primary. They will use that against me in a closed primary race, this vote, if I vote that way. So, Hey, good policy, Jason, but I can't vote for it. In a way, and that was a pretty jealous of you that you had the freedom to do what you wanted to do. I had several people and even since I had several colleagues um, who moderates, moderate Democrats, moderate Republicans who'd say, Hey, tell me more about running as independent. How hard was it? Or, or really, you know, or, well, I really can't because, you know, that first check the party sends me when I run for reelection, you know, that five, $10,000 check they can send me, that really helps. And I need that to run or, uh, oh, you know, if I don't run, I don't get all the, you know, the, the bells and whistles or the volunteers or the fundraising lists. Um, you really are starting from scratch, running from as independent. And, you know, I, I, you know, again, the reforms that I started being a part of and, and started looking at in Alaska, um, you can you can support independent candidates and they can be great candidates. But sometimes the system, the structure just is is against them. Right. And so changing that structure, especially in Alaska, where a state, as I mentioned, has such a huge population of, of nonpartisan voters, changing that structure, um, I think, was pivotal for the future of, of Alaska politics. And it's uh, really something I think in 10 years, I hope we can look back on in Alaska and go, wow, that was a moment we actually started to get things done because people stopped caring about their reelection um, and really started caring about the policies and the people. You and I met for the first time at the Unite Summit um, in Denver in 2018. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Unite America? Yeah, I am a, a big fan of Unite America. Um, I actually met uh, Nick, uh, who's their executive director, um, after my victory in 2016, when Unite America was actually called the Centrist Project, I think. Uh, they were working on uh, some different strategies at the time, but he called me out of the blue 
and said, hey, uh, I'm Nick. I'm part of this group, uh, you know, that promotes and works with independents. And I just found out about your story and what happened up in Alaska. And I got to tell you, that's kind of shocking. And can you tell me more? And uh, I just started learning about what they do and sharing about what was going on in Alaska and some of the momentum in terms of the independent uh, type of attitude in Alaska. And uh, like I said, started watching what United America does and just became a big fan of, of, you know, they really are a organization that I think in the last four years, if you look at their history, History and, and their growth and their impact um, really care about, you know, people. They care about voters and they want voters to have a loud voice and they want, um, you know, uh, independently minded or at least kind of, uh, you know, uh, elected officials who want to hear both sides and, and go through analysis when they when they vote on policy um, and really want the best for for their district or for their state. And so, um, yeah, United America, you know, uh, luckily was still able to work with them uh, during my work uh, on some of the election reforms in Alaska uh, and good friends with many of them, too, just, you know, because they're great people who, like I said, really care about voters and really care about uh, getting uh, states and, and even in even America as a whole, uh, you know, back on track and, and not so so finger pointy partisanship work. <laughs> so uh, you decided to run for re-election in 2018. Uh, what happened with your election and, and what did you do after that? Yeah, I decided to run for re-election. You know, it, when I when I, I was on the fence, I, people always say, you know, well, of course you'll run for re-election. You know, you're the incumbent. And uh, like I said, I, I have I three small kids. I had a wife. Uh, being in Juneau, as you mentioned, Mike, is, is not just down the street from Anchorage. Uh, it's a hard place to live for a state capital. You have to – you literally – cannot drive to our state capital. You have to drive through Canada and then get on a boat or you can take a two hour, two and a half hour plane ride. Um, so it's, it's not like you can just, you know, come home on weekends and, and, and do such. So it, it was hard. It's, and it, it was hard on the family and, um, you know, talking with my, my wife, we decided let's, let's do it one more time. Let's run for reelection. And, and, and that would be it. Um, and I, you know, honestly, I, I, I really savor the work that I had with my constituents because I would get texts and messages and, and people showing up at my house, literally on their bike going, Hey, Jason, um, I want to talk people grabbing me at the park. My kids always hated it. Um, you know, cause we're playing at the park or doing something, but people who said, Hey, we don't always agree, but I know that you're listening. I know that you honestly, when you take a vote that you have, you know, got all the information and you're doing what you think is best. This isn't because, um, the party says one way, or you're just this rubber stamp, or you really don't care. You're just voting how you want. Um, we disagree on some stuff, but um, I really, you know, respect what you're doing and and and, and hope you will run for reelection. And that was really kind of encouraging. Um, I, I ended up losing, I think, two or three percentage points. It was a three-way race. Um, there was some, uh, you know, you look back now, and at the time, I didn't really know it, but you, you hear from politicos and consultants and other people, there was some, you know, some dirty tricks, and because the system. Allows for that. Um, there was myself, a, a nonpartisan independent running, um, a Republican, um, uh, uh, Sarah Rasmussen, who who ended up beating me, um, and then a uh, a gentleman who ran as a Democrat. But the time before, he's a very, very incredibly conservative gentleman. But they convinced him to run as a Democrat to steal some votes from Jason the Independent. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you do the math, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe some low information voters who who don't really know, you know, they they're Democrats and they just vote for the Democrat. Um, there was enough votes to kind of steal it away from me. So, um, you know, in, in hindsight, uh, wouldn't have changed anything we did. Wouldn't have changed any votes. Wouldn't have changed how we campaigned. Wouldn't have. Um, I had people tell me, "Hey, switch back to a Republican." Now. Like you've got the name ID, you've got the, you know, people know you run as a Republican, you know, stave off these Republicans who want to run and then win and you'll have
have easy street. And I said, that's not what I'm about. I'm not, a, you know, this isn't, I'm not playing political games and strategy. I really am an independent. I really am a person who uh, wants to be a, a nonpartisan, you know, lawmaker because that allows me to do what's best for what I think is best for my district. Um, and so ended up losing, uh, by, by a few percentage points. Um, wouldn't have changed anything though. Loved every minute of it. Loved how we campaigned, loved how we talked to people and, uh, luckily had the chance to get on board with some ballot initiatives that, um, as I mentioned, and we've talked about, yeah, Mike, so tell us about uh, really uh, changing the game. or, uh, election reform. Is that what it's called? Uh, Alaskans for better elections. Better elections right? Um, and we, al- we always joke that it's not Alaskans for perfect elections because there's no such thing. Uh, we're just Alaskans for better elections. We, you know, uh, Alaska had a closed primary system, uh, very, uh, as we mentioned, tough to run as independent. You had to gather signatures. Uh, you wouldn't appear on the, on the primary ballot. Um, you know, kind of all these different, um, different challenges you have. And so um, what Alaska is for better elections, you know, working with some national groups, working with some local groups said, you know, something's wrong with how uh, our, our election system is not reflective of our voter makeup and our voter registration and really our, our history. Um, we've talked about having, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Governor Bill Walker, who was an independent uh, several times before then in Alaska's history. We've ind- we've uh, elected independent governors. Uh, we had a write in campaign once for a U.S. senator that's kind of famous uh, with Lisa Murkowski. She was had to run as an independent because of that. Uh, myself and others running as independent. So we so we looked at the, st- the structure and said, how can we change this? How can you know, the, we have these low turnout closed primary systems. We obviously have these, you know, first past the post general elections. Uh, what can we do about that? Is there something to be done about that? And so uh, Alaskans for Better Elections um, was created as a, as a ballot initiative to change to an open primary where the top four vote getters would move on to the general election. And so, um, you know, you, let's say you have 10 people running um, the top four, regardless of their party affiliation, will move how on to the general election. How people, you know, if they're thinking about running under the old system versus the new system and how does that, you know, in my mind, uh, nonpartisan primaries, both changes for uh, candidates who are thinking about throwing their hat in the ring and also it affects how they campaign. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a little bit of before. So Alaska just had their first election under this new system uh, back in November of 2022. And during leading up until that election, I think people, you know, saw it as, you know, it's, it's, it was in theory only or academic. Mm-hmm. And now we can say, no, the proof is in the pudding. We, we can say, look, you had more independents run. You gave people more choices. You had more women run. Um, and it was much more, ref- you know, more uh, uh, people of color, minorities run. And you can say it's more reflective of Alaska's one, just just their citizenry, but also our voter and our history and, our, and, and, and who we elect generally. And I think, honestly, the next election cycle we get to use it, we will see it in a uh, even more glorious way, really. Um, but, yeah, people had a campaign different. People were running who said, well, maybe I'm not going to win. But I want to really talk about this issue. And it's not a waste of my time if I get to talk about it um, for the next six months. Uh, You know, if I if I lost in a closed primary on one side running as an independent or a Democrat in the old system, I wouldn't win. And then you know, my, my time is up and, and I don't really get to do much more. Now you have this whole election cycle to talk about it. It forces the other uh, campaigns to talk about it, perhaps at a debate or have their answers. Um, you know, we saw uh, cross promotion of uh, different races. Uh, Mary Patola, who ran for U.S. House, uh, 
uh, her and Lisa Murkowski uh, both publicly said, yeah, we're voting for each other. We're not in the same party, but I'm voting for her. She's a Democrat. Oh, yeah, I'm voting for Lisa. She's a Republican. Uh, saying that out loud without feeling like you were going to you know, hurt your own campaign. Um, you know, very important to say, you know, yeah, this is Alaska and we vote for the person uh, and this system allows us to do that. And so I think this next cycle in 24, you'll see even more independence run um, and people and, and even a greater number of candidates uh, as a whole because of this new system. Um, it just allows for more freedom and it allows candidates to say, wait, you can't run uh, to another candidate. You're going to spoil the race for me. Well, no, you're not. You know, this top four system, ranked choice voting, there is no spoiler. Uh, there is no wasted vote. Uh, so the more the merrier, really. In fact, uh, you know, my belief is that this system drives more competition. And all of our post polling said uh, uh, voters found it to be more competitive than races in the past. Sixty uh, percent of Alaskans said these races were more competitive because one, you don't have to do negative advertising. You're just going to talk about issues. And as a voter, you're seeing like, hey, I got more attention on me as a voter now because the R's have to talk to me. The D's have to talk to me. The independents have to talk to me as opposed to just whoever, you know, is uh, next to my name uh, on the ballot. Um, I have to hear from everyone now. And so I think we're already seeing and now the legislative session is in Alaska is happening. Um where we're seeing that that the uh, the results really are, we can get past the partisanship and we can focus on issues. It's already happening because of this new system. I think. Have you received any calls from any other independent candidates that were interested in running uh, as independents? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously in in Alaska, um, people see an independent win and uh, they want to you know know what the secret sauce was or know you know how you did it, and and that was even when we had all the challenges as running as an independent, what that looked like because sometimes it was just some structural questions. Hey, I'm thinking about it, but what was it like? And then you tell people, yeah, you won't have any money, or you're gonna just have an Excel spreadsheet with your voters, and it kind of scares people off. But I think this new system, again, in Alaska, it kind of uh, encourages independent in some way because you can say, look, I'm as viable as anyone else now. You can, I can fundraise like anyone else. I can, you know, I can get endorsements like anyone else. Um, and it really has made it a much more of a level playing field. So I think we're getting more and more inquiries. And, and then from around the country, I mean, again, people kind of look at Alaska and, um, you know, they think of us as, you know, some, some cold place that doesn't have any have any uh, professional sports teams. And that's maybe all they know about us. Uh, but I think this new election system, people are going, you know, something's going on up there. What, you know, how can we how can we make the changes in our state or, or do, you know, do those changes make sense for our state? Um, how would it help independence in our state? How would it help uh, have us get past some of the, uh, the, the uh, partisan infighting that, that kind of, you know, has us to spinning our wheels. And so, yeah, I, I bet I've talked to 25, 30 different people in different States, um, other people involved with the campaign are doing the same thing. Uh, I'm down here in Washington, as I mentioned, uh, already talking to uh, groups like fair vote Washington and, uh, and others who are involved with trying to, again, just trying to level the playing field and really give voters uh, more of a voice. And so, um, it's been encouraging. I think, you know, 10 years ago, uh, again, someone who wasn't involved with politics, you don't really think about it much like, well, you know, how would that help change, you know, uh, make for a better education system or uh, make for a better public safety system in my state. Well, again, if you, if you can kind of change who gets elected, who's changing, who's hitting that yes and no button, uh, it makes a big difference. And so um, we're getting a lot of interest from around the country of people who, who maybe want to know if it's possible to change it, how could it, how could it happen? And then as an independent candidate, um, you know, again, what's, what was the, uh, the pros and cons and the good and the bad and, and, 
and uh, you know, uh, really kind of what's that? What's that one more ingredient? What makes what's you know? We always talk about kind of the the drawbacks of running as independent, but there's some positives as well. There really lot, are. Yeah, yeah. So you you and I talked um, earlier about uh, you know I was telling you a little bit about Virginia, and I'm the vice president of uh, Fairboat Virginia, and and um, we we were part of a coalition who helped uh, get ranked choice voting passed for primaries in Arlington, Virginia. And uh, as soon as the primaries are done, I'm going to go hit up the Arlington County Board again and try to get them to implement it for the general election, if not in 2023, maybe in 2024. Uh, and it is... It's it's really great to get, especially get a coalition together. It's you know your organization may not ha have all the answers or all the money or all the all the uh, manpower, but if you can get a coalition together that works well together, it really is uh, powerful. And um, and then it, we have several independents that are running for office in Virginia this year. I ran as an independent for Arlington County Board in 2021, uh, but I hope to see more and more independents uh, here in Virginia and throughout the country running for office. And as you said, there are some, a lot of positive things of, I just go down the street and knock on every single door. I don't have a list. I, I don't not talk to some people because they're, they might be a Republican or might be a, a Democrat. I talk to everybody because they, they're, they live in Arlington. So I, I'm, I'm assuming you had a similar experience up where you live. Yeah. I, I tell people, you know, running as an independent, I think it's, it's, it's harder. It really is. But at the same time, it's more freeing. Right. And it allows you to be more reflective of who you are and your values and forces you as a candidate, which hopefully would make you a good elected official, uh, listening to all, all, you know, all sides of, uh, all sides of an argument, you know, all, all, uh, all voices. Um, I think again, um, politicians who, you know, they run under a party label. Again, I'm not, I'm not bashing parties. I think parties have a, have a, have a, uh, a reason to exist and have some good, good things about them. Uh, but when you're an elected official and you feel beholden to vote a certain way, only because a party wants you to, you're not being reflective of your voters. And that's what you're there to do. And running as independent again, ultimately for me was I got to talk to both sides of, of every policy debate. I got to hear from all constituents. I cared really honestly about what constituents had to say. Uh, ultimately, it was up to me to decide, but um, it really allowed for me to um, go on that House floor, vote accordingly based on the, the data, the analysis and, and voter feedback, um, as opposed to just what the, the party philosophy said, especially if I was worried about losing in my next race because of it. Um, uh, independents really have the advantage when it comes to um, listening to voters and and looking at at, at uh, the analysis of, of policy. Um, and again, that's what that's what we want as as voters. We want our our representation uh, to do what's best for all of us, to do what's best for the state, and to really listen. And uh, running as independent, like I said, it's harder, uh, but much more freeing and uh, more reflective of uh, of the voters in your district. A absolutely. Uh, so, Jason, thank you so much for running for office, serving. In Alaska and for your advocacy for electoral reforms. Uh, is there any final words you want to uh, give to our, our listeners today? Yeah, I think if you're in an area where, uh, you know, sometimes you have to, you, you see independents running um, and you think of them maybe as non-viable or, um, you know, you think, well, you know, I'll, I usually vote Republican. Or I usually vote Democrat and good for that person for running. I'd really encourage you to kind of reach out and, and hear what they're talking about and see if, if, you, can, if you can support them in a way that, um, you know, maybe maybe you ultimately don't vote for them, uh, but to encourage them to, you know, to tell others about them um, and really kind of uh, find who is reflective of your values, because I think uh, there's 
there's a lot of momentum within the uh, the independent candidate and the independent election movement. And the more support they have and the more victories we see across the country, I think that momentum is going to continue to grow. Uh, you're seeing other parties pop up who kind of have that uh, that mentality. They really, um, you know, that third party mentality gets a bad rap. Uh, but from an independent voter and, and you want to find someone who reflects your values and, and you think is the best person, uh, find ways how you can support them and, and tell others as well. Absolutely. So uh, thank you again, Jason. And I just want to tell our listeners that this uh, episode of Independence for America is edited and produced by Adam Theo. And to our listeners, we hope you tune in for the next episode of Independence for America.